1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacob's Daily
2: Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the h and Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, we spoke to the organiser of the World... I keep forgetting what it was. The World, World Egg Throwing Championship. The World Egg Throwing Championship, Championship. Championship. I, well, I shouldn't remember. Of, I it's quite out It's there. more of a me sort of it sport. It is. I, I think, think you, knew, you know. Uh, but he was, he was very interesting. A real enthusiast for his sport. Definitely, you'll get that. Julian so many Lloyd... different types of eggs. Oh, yeah, so it's a lot of disciplines. Uh, Julian Lloyd Webber popped in, um, the late Orient fan, cellist and uh, conductor. Yes. He was on good form. He loves the O's. He does. And what else did we do? Um, mine's gone blank, Charlie. What else did know we else do? The we producer talk knows. To. Oh, yes. Celebrity combination. combination. How can you forget? That's nearly knocking the lock. It was a very exciting edition with uh, Ian Stone, comedian and Arsenal fan. So uh, that should do you. We had a bit of a chat at the top. You had some good emails and texts about pushing buttons. Mm. And we found out who was the man who invented the button. We did. That was was a high high point for me. It was. So here it all is. (laughs)
3: It is seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. Sorry if I'm a bit excited. I don't know
2: why I'm no, so it's excited not, I, today. Had three coffees. You know, you don't normally drink that much caffeine, do you? In yeah. one go. You went out.
3: Somebody bought you a bit of breakfast. Gave you some good news. Meeting. With, not really. Not, just like had a, a nice chat with my manager. Yeah. And she bought me breakfast and bought me That's some coffees. Nice. That's a good sign. It's isn't nice, it? isn't it? You yeah. know I thought I was going to get. I didn't think I was going to get ditched. You never know, though, do you? You've just been so wired this morning. Ah, oh, too much for you, Paul. Yes, yeah, it's the it's old sunny D. The real me.
2: Anyway, there's a lot of stuff to cover today, and we are going to talk about the, the report into cricket. We'll talk to Gideon about that. We are going to have a chat with Azim Rafiq. But we're very interested to hear about your experiences. It's covered a whole lot of ground around racism, uh sexual discrimination mm. as well, and class discrimination. And I think an awful lot of people would have in, encountered that yes. in cricket at different absolutely. levels. I think that's the biggest story
3: from it for, for me. Yeah. I think the class discrimination is at the center of a lot of it. I know a lot of a lot of my friends kids have tried uh, from state schools have tried to get into the county system. Yeah. And they fall at the first They're finding hurdle mainly yeah. because it's results driven a lot of the time. Yeah. The the the, the, the county system at under sort of 18 16s 14s level is results driven. So who who's going to get in the team? The kids who are state school they yeah. they play very little cricket at yeah. state schools at uh, at private schools, yeah, uh, they play cricket four or five times a week with top-level coaching. So of course they're better yeah. at certain p- parts of cricket. So I think it's I, th- I think the class system is at the centre of this whole report. That's my opinion. Anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, this, I think.
2: Well, let's hear from you. If you're a parent of of uh, a child who's gone through and wanted to play at a high level and you've you've found some resistance, whether it's been racial, whether it's been sexual, whatever the, the issues that have been brought to light by the report today, we'd love to know your experiences, and that will feed into our conversations this afternoon with Azim and with uh, Gideon Hague will be joining us later on. Indeed, John Norman. Uh, our cricket uh, correspondent and we'll also hear from Ben Stokes Ben Stokes uh, read a statement out uh, before he spoke about the second uh, test mm. at Lords tomorrow and we'll hear some of that and chat to John as well so to get in touch talksport.com forward slash H&J you can text to 81089 81089- or well, you can tweet to TSH&J, TSH-A-N-D-J, and j and we would love to hear your experiences firsthand. Um, so 03717 223344. That's 03717 223344. Uh, if you've looked at the top line, because you probably haven't read it all, but uh, if if you've looked at the recommendations, uh, and you've kind of felt, yeah, that's happened to me, that's happened to my son, mm-hmm. my daughter, we would love to hear from you uh, today, and uh, you can share your experiences. Uh, on a lighter note, Charlie, yes. kind of lighter? Because it, in itself is quite a sad story. A company, a pharmaceutical company, who've done 25 years of research um, on our suing a cleaner. Um, over the fact that um, he turned off a laboratory fridge to stop an annoying beeping sound. Um, Yeah, the thing was driving him mad when he was doing a cleaning job uh, at a a top research centre. Ted. said... I just pop that off for a minute that's to turn annoying. the fridge annoying, off. You know, I can't. I can't be. Uh, can't be mopping up with all that noise going on. Uh, unfortunately, um, it held numerous cell cultures and samples, and they were basically ruined. Twenty-five years of research. Oh. So, on the face of it, yeah. it's a sad story, but it does lead us into that thing of, yeah, what does that button do? <laughs> yeah. And again, yeah. th- th- <laughs> flicking that switch, pushing that button, yeah. and uh, and ruining the moment you did it. Absolutely. So, lovely, we would yeah, yeah. love to hear from you this that. afternoon. Um, Again, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ, TSHANDJ, or oh three seven one seven
3: double two double
2: three double four. Paul,
3: the Arsenal fan's been on, Paul. uh, Are you going to talk about that bid from Bayern for Kane? A lot of people want you to talk about it. Yeah, we are going to talk about it. We're going to have a chat with um,
2: Darren Lewis about it very, very shortly. of course Um,
3: we are. It's interesting, Kevin Hatchard,
2: our, our European correspondent, one of our European correspondents, um, a big German f- football fan and commentates on the sport, and he makes a good point. He doesn't think Bayern would break cover like this unless they had been getting a little bit of encouragement from the the Kane camp, because to stick an offer in to just to dip their toe in yeah. the water apropos of nothing, and it to be made sort of public like this. And David Ornstein, I think from the Athletic, was was uh, the, the the person who had the story so they've gone to someone they feel can put it out there just to dip their it's not enough money it was never ever going to be enough money maybe there won't be enough money in the world for um, Daniel no. Levy to sell him in this window that does seem but to be the way the that bigger won't clubs even work pe- that won't it? even pique your interest I mean really if you look at some of the dross people signed for 35 million <laughs> you're not going to get Harry Kane for 58 million are you even with add-ons whatever those add-ons are is it goals he scores for England
1: ok or is it, <laughs> yeah.
3: is it just goals he scores what's the add-on yeah, yeah. yeah. the
1: Hawks Thanks
2: for your stories today, your experiences uh, and and that of your uh, children as well going through uh, uh, cricket at state school or private school or wherever and we'll we'll bring you more of those uh, throughout the next couple of hours. We also ask you after a cleaner is being sued by a research company after turning off an annoying beeping sound he just switched off a fridge at the wall and, and did for 25 years worth of medical research. Um, what does that button do? As a teenager, uh, I helped my uncle fit windows. We were at an elderly couple's house one day. When they went out for the day we, while we were fitting the windows, I noticed a small button on the wall. And as a young lad, I just couldn't help myself. wonder what that does. <laughs> yeah. Press the button. It was a panic alarm. Oh, went on man. for four hours while we fitted the windows. <laughs> so what does that button do? Talksport.com, Lovely. text 1889, tweet J. Well, we just had the uh, World Egg Throwing uh, Championships. Lovely. And the Egg Russian Roulette Championships. It was a whole day of egg based world records um andy dunlop uh, he is the man that uh,
3: presides over it and yeah. he joins us now andy good afternoon hey andy
4: Good afternoon, guys. How are you? I'm well, oh, very fantastic.
3: good. I've got my immediate question is this. I like to think of the specifics mm. of this sort of sport. And um, with the egg throwing, to, to ensure it, it being fair, Yeah, do all the eggs have to come from the same chicken, Andy? Makes it if, difficult. Not the same
4: chicken, certainly, but the same sources, Sustainably uh, sourced from happy chickens. Ah, Okay.
2: Okay, how can you tell they're laughing a lot, are <laughs> they? <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, happy chickens. Yeah, that's,
2: that's good, good to hear. Good. Now, what are the rules of, um, there's different different categories. You have a, like a target throwing uh, version, yep.
4: don't you, is that right? There's there's, there's five disciplines in mm. sport egg throwing. Yeah. There's the two-person throwing catch, where you've got a two-person team and they start off 10 ah, metres apart. That's the par,
3: one I like. Yeah, I and that.
4: you've got the catcher and you've got the tosser. Uh, the tosser throws the egg to the catcher, mm. who has to receive it without breaking the raw egg. And there's different methods of uh, receiving it. The mm. um, the schmink method is a snatch out of the air, where they grab it forward and pull the egg towards them. Oh, okay, uh, that's a Dutch uh, speciality. Sure. The um, the British tend to use the the uh, cricket method, where you reach forward and draw the egg towards you. Oh yeah,
2: that's probably it what it I there. would have done. Yeah, so just, so, like Jack Russell. Soft hands.
3: Yeah, just yeah, can yeah. Bring nice. it in and soft, then there's the yeah, big yeah,
4: girl's yeah. blouse method, which oh. she just hands out in front of you, yeah. and the egg oh, smashes
3: all over. Oh, come on you. now. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. That's too, so uh, rubbish.
4: The, the current world record is ninety-seven meters.
3: Wow to
2: claim a, wow. a, a raw egg. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah, that is good. Nice.
4: Uh, one of the best exponents of it is a, is a road bowler from uh, uh, Southern Ireland, a chap called Wild Willie O'Donovan. Right Uh he can throw an egg so fast,
3: yeah.
4: that, and so fast that most people can't actually catch it. And in fact, the force he puts into it tends to make the eggs explode.
3: Yeah, wow.
4: Uh, he's worth watching at road bowling if you guys have ever
3: covered uh, that. And then we covered that last week with Harry, uh, yes, with Harry, 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 Harry Pearson, Pearson's his new book, book. Yeah, 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 No yeah, Pies, yeah. No
2: Priest. Excellent yeah, read, indeed, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's cracking spot. So
3: hey, he's doing all the egg no, gags,
2: <laughs> the the uh, yeah. So target throwing, that's when. But you're throwing at you're throwing them at someone. That's a headshot. You're throwing them oh,
3: at a, a Wild Willy thing. That's no,
2: no, no, no. no.
4: no? Targets with accuracy. You stand twenty four feet away from the
3: target. Yeah, okay. And the
4: target we use is a chap called Joel Hicks. Uh, <laughs> nice <he's, laughs> work if you can get it. He's he's the world gravy wrestling champion.
3: Ah, yeah. oh, uh, uh, And he's no. a male
4: model. Oh, so you, wow. you get nothing for hitting him in the face. No, oh, uh, not the because face. Because, of course, he's a male model. Infamous
2: story. You get story one
4: point for the arms hmm. and the legs, two for the torso, and three for the sure. central groin area. Yeah. Oh, oh, lovely.
2: Three, three points. points. That's three points. I mean, that's three points.
4: And, uh, it, was a, it was a dead heat on Sunday. There was nobody got, actually hit the groin. There was two, uh, two, two, two players actually got six points with three body shots each. Can
2: Joel wear a box? I hope he can. No. No, no, he no, doesn't no. Wear anything.
4: He just Straight he stands in. there in usually just a pair of uh, shreddies and uh, takes oh, wow. takes it. Um, There's not different points for
3: which stump it hits. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, the Russian roulette uh, we're uh, interested uh, in. So uh, this uh, is that's my own
4: sport. I, I, oh, I was the okay. Dutch national champion in 2012. Wow. You. Uh, there you've got person against person, and you've got six eggs. Five are hard boiled, and one's raw. Mm. and you take it in turns to select an egg, hoping to avoid the raw egg, yeah. and to prove it's not the raw
3: egg, you smash it onto your own forehead. Right. You must know the moment you pick it up, if you've picked no, the right, right uh, or wrong you, one.
4: you tend not to. You're not allowed to touch the egg in any way. Uh, you can't shake it, you can't spin it. Uh, and, of course, they're exactly the same weight. They don't lose weight mm. when you boil them.
3: They lose their shine? So
4: they look, no, they, we, we polish the eggs to make oh, okay, sure that they all well, look right? exactly the same.
2: Who's got uh, the egg polishing job? It's not old Joel Hicks, Joel is it Hicks. poor old Joel? <laughs> gets all Hicks. the rubbish
4: jobs. <laughs> Joel takes part in this every year, and every year he goes out on the first round. Oh, uh, poor he's old Joel. Poor at that. What we tend to do is use uh, reiki to feel for the life force mm, of the raw idea, egg. Yes. Where you place your hand over the egg and, and feel for the life force of the raw egg. thought oh. uh, reiki like,
3: was another one of your mad mates. Reiki <laughs> takes it right in the mush. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: or you can use uh, the old uh, trick of uh, looking for the life force. You know how every living creature's got an aura. Yeah. If you yeah. look yeah. across the top of the eggs, the raw one's got a light blue aura. Wow. Okay, yeah, lovely.
2: Well, look, we've yeah. run out of time, but this is this I mean, certainly, I, I mean, we, we will day, definitely talk again. Give our best to, to Joel, certainly. I, yeah, I imagine yeah, yeah. he spends the year constipated. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> thank you, Andy. Good to talk Thanks, to Andy. you. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Cheers, guys.
2: Bye-bye. The President of the World Egg Throwing Federation. The we event, should do a show from there. Well, we should. It, it, it happened last Sunday. It, it happens at the... Uh, I think, is it the Swatten, Swatten, or Swatten Vintage Day? That's where the World Egg Throwing Championships take place. So. I did a
3: three-hour show Sunday with Barry. We could have done with that Sunday, but I was on with Barry Glendenning, who's yes. never wanged a welly, Paul. He's never done that. He's never, didn't know what it was. I don't think I have. You've never wanged a welly? No, I don't think I have. Unbelievable, Paul. Just chucking a wellington boot. Yeah, well, there's plenty, there's many ways to do it. What would be your technique? One hand, two hand, how would you go for um, it? Swing it round your... I'd
2: probably go one, one hand by the, quite, by the heel? quite low and up. I'm would going, you that's what you'd go is
3: that's it that's what I'd try okay oh, yeah world record's uh, 63 metres yeah, I, don't know if I could live with that I was quite impressed with that egg that was fantastic yeah
2: that's oh, very good Joel yeah, Hicks
1: yeah, spare yeah. for Joel Hicks the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast
2: had to be didn't it oh yeah perfect uh, we could have played Tijuana Taxi oh, on the basis like that. that the O's still run out to that. Oh, we'll find out be, because yeah. Julian Lloyd Webber, the cellist and conductor you heard there, is a massive late Orient fan. Julian, good to see you. Hey, Julian. Do they
5: still run out to a bit of Herb you Albert? Um, it upsets the opposition no end. I mean, they think, they think we're a bunch of maniacs. You know? yeah. <laughs> Who else would run out to a, a t- tune like that? Do you know where it, where it comes from? Why they chose that song? Now, funny if I don't really know it. Start, but it happened very very early on. I yeah, think late late sixties or something. Yeah, that's when he put it. Well, I will tell you, we'll find well, out. There'll probably, be an O's yeah.
2: fan or the Astoria maybe listening. We'll find out uh, what the
3: what the root of it was. Well, Torquay ran out to Herb Albert as well. We ran out to Labanda. Oh, do you which really? Which is a slightly less known, uh, more hipsterish version of until you on a taxi, but, you know. Yeah, I, love I the don't idea know why of, that is either. I love
2: the idea yeah. of him getting a, door, yeah. getting a little check through the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely <laughs> idea of it from, from late Norian. Yeah, so I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. There, there is
5: Brisbane face. Road. Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I so they keep, keep getting these. They're not yeah. for much, but
5: they only play... Playing, you better play keep quiet seven, because um, maybe you're not... Um, oh, no.
2: Whoops, oh, yeah. Herb's <laughs> lawyers <laughs> having it, yeah. So, <laughs> why? Why are the
5: O's, Julian? Why why did you go back a long way, is It was a family thing really like these things usually are yeah um i used to go over there uh, with my mother on saturday afternoons after the junior college at the royal the junior department of the Royal college of music mm-hmm. um at, because she had great friends over in leighton and i got bored with the adult conversation and wondered you know these vast crowds going up and down the high road this was the old first division days yeah, yeah. 62 to three and i thought i'm gonna go see what's going on there and uh First game, I think we lost four or two at home to Sheffield Wednesday, but I I, I couldn't give them up. I was you hooked. In, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. hooked. What a great wow. Saturday, go
3: do you? I often see when I'm coming in to do my Saturday show, I will often see the the kids going to the to the Royal School, uh, College of Music yeah, with, with their right. instruments I thought you were going to say. You
5: often saw the kids going down Leighton High. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not,
3: not as many these days, you know. But a great season last season, incredible.
5: Yeah, but so I think we, I really think we're going to miss that season. You know, it was a very special season. You could see the players were really together. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be coming in here you know absolutely totally optimistic but it seems that today it's been confirmed our keeper's gone Lawrence Vigaro gone to Burnley okay. I mean that's a fantastic move for him isn't it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and Paul yeah, Smith yeah. gone back to QPR oh. so those are two of our key players and we also uh, I think we have not been able to keep Elmas Sony on loan so those three of our core players in the team gone Yeah, and you know when you go up a division you want to get better, yeah. not lose the star players. So I'm a little bit nervous. But you've
3: been watching them since 1962, And look, you true. you know that that's just lower league football. A lot of the time is players come, players go. The club's yeah, of course. I mean, the when fans I stay I the same. A,
5: a large part, of virtually the whole of the 70s, we were championship. So I, I don't naturally think we're oh, a sort okay. of league two side. Mm. We're, we definitely should be a league one side. Same, and I a I small club mentality, mentality, Julian. Yeah. Well, I think that <laughs> the. the, the I don't know. I mean, it's all about money, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure that they did their absolute best to offer those players the best contract they could. Yeah. But you know, Burnley obviously got massive budget. QPR probably quite a lot bigger than us. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, they'll invest. they
2: invest some of the bigger money back into the. Yeah, and the pulse.
5: I mean, these players yeah. were on very big wages. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah.
3: Did you ever play? I've got a friend who's a, a saxophone player, and he lives right on a cricket pitch. I don't know what to talk about cricket, but I often say, "Do you want to come and play cricket with our village cricket team?" Mm. And He says, "I can't because of my fingers." Yeah, but I used yeah, to be you know, a so, bit you know, namby-pamby about is, that. To yeah. be honest, I mean, I was just you know, Yeah, it's
5: so easy to just fall and break a finger, yeah. and then then you're in trouble, aren't you? Sure.
2: Um, um, what were the highlights as a fan over the years? Oh. Was it? I suppose there, you know, fan- like, I remember a fantastic cup run that yeah. semi final. I was just going to say, I think
5: that the highlight because all my. I live in um, you know South Kensington the mm. area and all my friends at school were Chelsea supporters so I can never forget the away cup game at Chelsea Peter Kitchen scoring two goals mm. uh, I think it was the fifth round it was just extraordinary I uh, I was a brilliant feeling You know, not so brilliant. Walking past the shed on the way out, I tell you, he's an Orient supporter. (laughs) No, no.
3: (laughs) you should take your kit off. And if you shouldn't, had your full kit on, then they wouldn't know.
5: Yeah, but the trouble is, I jumped up. rather, you know, uh, when they scored the second goal, (laughs) I was, I was outed. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> You've, um, you were you we were just talking about uh, Daryl Justin Edinburgh off air, and and, uh, and you were a great fan of Justin, weren't you?
5: Yes, I mean, well, all of us were at the club. I mean, it was a total, you know, the last 10 years, last six, seven years, have just been a total roller coaster. Mm I mean, we just missed promotion to the championship. Yeah. Um, Barry Hearn's last game, you know, as, as chairman. And then, uh, you know, this person whose name I just won't mention took over and took us out of the league. Mm, yeah. Within, what, three, four seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. Incredible. And uh, then Justin took over, got us back. As soon as he gets us back, then you know what happened. And yeah. I mean, it's a terribly set, real Absolutely. terrible... I mean, the club was in mourning, really, mm. for, for the whole of the rest of the season. Um and then we finally get back up and then we now got promoted to Division 1. So it's, it's been an incredible time. And last season was really, really special. Yeah. Some absolutely amazing moments and incredible goals. We're going to play you something now. If we can just get, get, whack your headphones on there, uh, Julian. We were, we were just, um,
2: knowing you coming in, doing a little bit of research. And uh, this was an appearance uh, around that uh, FA Cup third round game between uh, Orient-West Ham local derby, 1987, where you popped up on the Saint and Greavesy. I did. Here we go.
5: Yeah, uh,
3: Here it is. Because obviously Andrew had Orient in mind when he wrote about Orient Express.
5: Oh, yeah, Starlight Express, yeah. yeah. Well, all his shows have really been based around Orient, I mean, uh, with Cats, I mean, the main tune Memory, I mean, that was about the last time we scored a goal, (laughs) I (laughs) think.
3: (laughs)
2: <laughs> Judy, could we uh, couldn't get we couldn't get any volume up for Julian yeah, It
5: I was a lot of stick for that interview, but you? you know the point is, yeah. we were that game 91st in the league, and I think it's the lowest we've been for years. And I, I was well, I was pissed off. Of course, I'm I was, a I, fan. I can, you know, see it, yeah. Um, and I, uh, and I said that, but they, they weren't happy with me. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I was at that game, and there was a row at halftime with the current chairman, the chairman at the time, and he mm. said to me, I, "You know, you got to be a supporter. I don't care for a ninety second of the league. You know, you saw." And I said, "That's the trouble. You don't care for a ninety second. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, we, oh, you oh, couldn't dear.
2: hear about it. it. Was just it was you were playing a little bit of uh, of M- memories. memories and, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim, <laughs> <said, laughs> Jim said, oh your brother wrote.'" orient express yeah. And yeah. Star Star like, yeah. Starlight. Starlight Express. so musically what are you up to at the moment you got busy a, actually yeah, i mean yeah. i
5: don't play anymore i got an injury and no. i haven't actually oh. played for nearly 10 years now oh. um but i've been really busy incredibly doing... sad when i I mean like yeah. phil
2: collins not being able i mean when kind of musicians can't do uh, well, it must be so heartbreaking. yes
5: i mean it was very difficult for for a you know a long time but mm. I got an incredible job as principal at Royal Birmingham Conservatory five years I was there I love working with the students absolutely brilliant so yeah. I've still always been totally involved with music particularly young musicians and I'm doing the program next week with Sky Arts um, Rising Stars so it's a question of like trying to nurture the incredible young talent out mm. there and a, a quite difficult time for them at the moment with yeah. classical music you know well, actually, yeah. you know what, it's, um, it's an odd parallel, but we've
2: been talking about it today in light of the cricket report. I mean the idea that that's sort of the accessibility for for maybe people from state schools to to get involved in classical music, to to be involved in orchestras, and to to have a pathway to to I mean, it,
5: yeah, is it weighted towards a sort of private school system? I'm afraid it is. Now, mm. um, we mentioned the Royal College of Music junior department, um, which I started going to when I was nine, and literally at that point, nearly every student there was from state school, really. And now the the tables are turned, and it's not right. I've never, I've always believed that good music, classical music is for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not just for those who can afford expensive lessons and instruments. You know, it's not right. The the composers wrote their music for everyone. It comes down to, again. It's cricket and music. It comes down to opportunity.
3: It's and, often a good a teacher as well. Present. Yeah. It's often yeah, yeah, if you've yeah. got a teacher who is passionate. Yeah, that's uh, no, no, matter, no matter where so you, you go, you know. a
5: lot of the music teachers are sort of getting out of the profession because there's just not enough work for them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a really it's a kind of, it's so easy to have something really good and then so easy to just lose it and really hard to bring it back. Mm. So we're at a crucial moment there, I think.
2: So, what? finally, what would you be happy with this season? As you say, you've lost a couple of key players, you've just come up again. Is it just about, this year, just about consolidating,
5: staying up? That word has been used quite a lot yeah. by, <laughs> by, by, the, by the chairman, mm. you know. I, I'm nervous because consolidation... You know, if it doesn't work out, we could be struggling. But I hope it. I hope not. I mean, we have got a great manager in Richie Wellens. he's, yeah. done, he's done a terrific job. Um, I'm just don't, say that, don't keep... say
2: that too loud. Yeah, gosh, he's in. actually rubbish. No <laughs> other club should be
5: looking at him. At yeah, no, <laughs> that's, well, that's what he I was... really <laughs> meant. No, I mean, he's found his level. No, we can't. But you know, we, we have to be able to to compete. You mm. know, otherwise, you know, which way it's going to go. Yeah. So I'm yeah. a little bit nervous having lost some of these key players. Well, we keep our fingers crossed mm, yeah, for you. What's the show on Sky Arts? What's that called? It's called Classic FM's Rising Stars. Oh, right. right, nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's the third one I'll have done. Um, so I'm, I'm doing lots of this kind of stuff, working with young musicians.
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Good afternoon. It's Paul and Charlie Baker here on Talksport. In the next hour, we're going to be uh, looking at the Ashes, the second Test at the Lords tomorrow. Gideon Haig, journalist and author, is popping in. Written a lovely book on the Ashes about the great characters, the great games, the great moments. It's it's a beautiful companion mm. uh, to this series. So uh, we'll be chatting to Gideon about the great second writer, test. fantastic yeah, writer, a, yeah. a great cricket writer. So we'll be talking about the. The second test that starts tomorrow. Um, But uh, you've been getting in touch uh, in light of uh, the report today, the Independent Commission report into the state of play in the world of cricket and how it needs to change in this country. And you've been reacting with a number of you calling in. telling us about your experiences. Um...
3: Right, let's give you another one of the oh I seems lost I meant I pressed the wrong button. the You pressed the wrong button, which is one of our also one of our text topics, isn't it? There yeah. we are. Um
2: Um D in Somerset. Um as a youngster I opened the batting and bowling uh, from under twelves to under seventeens for a club in Somerset. That included three Somerset youth players and a West of England player. I went to a state school, never got close to playing county cricket at youth level never had the coaching and lived in the wrong place says d that's been a quite common theme yeah that is the common
3: theme isn't it you know that it gets to a certain point and the fun drops out it gets a bit more experience uh, about experience and about winning and and uh, it disappears we also um
2: asked you about this is a corker um (laughs) don't don't Push that button. Yeah, this was off the back of a uh, a cleaner who's accused of wiping out 25 years of medical research after he got fed up with the beeping sound on a fridge so turned the fridge off. But it uh, it included uh, lots of uh, important stuff, cultures and samples that they were working on and they were unsalvageable, so uh, they're not happy with him. Steve, who's fitting a bathroom in West Sussex, said, ''My mum and dad used to clean a bonded warehouse.'' (laughs) on an industrial estate next to Gatwick Airport. The okay, you know, yeah, sort of things it. that kept kept in bonded warehouses <laughs> can be quite key, of course, if you saw the recent TV series, Gold. I was only seven years old and got bored waiting for mum and dad to finish the cleaning. So during the game of hide-and-seek with my sister, I hid under a desk where I found a button. Being only seven, of course I had no choice but oh, yeah, to press of course, it. Yeah. Rather disappointingly, nothing happened. <laughs> After continuing to play hide-and-seek for a further 10 minutes, there was a commotion outside. Uh, Straining to see out one of the windows, I could see we'd been surrounded by an armed response unit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to cut a kind of long story short, the button I pressed was a silent siege alarm that was connected directly <laughs> to the Gatwick Airport police. Since that day, I've always thought twice about pressing any yeah. mystery buttons. Good man, Steve, what it what is I wonder what it is.
3: It's ab- just about us. It's too tempting. Is it? I wonder it? why we want to push buttons. I wonder why that is. Just well, if you from you see a, a, a deep button... down animal level pull, yeah. Um, there, there was there was one. Who invented the button, Paul? That's um, what I'm interested in. That's wow. That's, who invented the QI? That's who, a who that's not for me. The first ever button. Yeah. If anybody knows, let us know. 81089.
2: Got another one. We're going back to Gatwick.
3: Oh, good. Um, but you to, and a friend from back Gatwick. Back to Gatwick.
2: Still one of my favourite ever clips. Good old <laughs> Goffy. Clive in Folkestone. Don't press that button. Whilst working at Gatwick Airport for a car hire company, I noticed a button located under the rental desk. Not knowing what it was, I pressed it. See, this is where it always goes wrong. (laughs) The thing is not to press. Nothing happened. A short time had passed, and a police car came with full blues and siren... Down the <laughs> drop-off lane, I said to my colleague, "Someone's in trouble." Only for the police to come up to our desk and inquire about our panic alarm. <laughs> well, what did he think it was? It wasn't like to get the, the old goblin teas made going, was it? it wasn't having to make you a cup of tea. They then told me I would have uh, come back to the station. I had to go back to the station to oh. fill out a report. My heart sank as I walked off with them. Only for them to then tell me they're only kidding. Certainly liven up an otherwise dull day,
3: says uh, yeah, Clive. So you've yeah, never forgotten it. There's times not to press that button, please. Uh, Uh, keep Telling the stories. Mark Fribbins oh, yeah. has got a button story. When I was around 10 or 11 years old, I went clothes shopping with my mum in Scotland. She, she told me to sit quietly while she was in the changing rooms. While sat there, I saw a robotic-looking mannequin with a small round button on its chest. That sounds good. Unfortunately, curiosity got the better of me and I had to push it. As I did, the mannequin's head popped off and rolled across the floor. Oh, no. My mum came out of the changing room to see me chasing a head around the store with a couple of staff members in tow. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know there's
1: for the button. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sports. Yeah, uh, coming up in the final hour of the show, we will build up to the ashes in the company of uh, the author of the book, the new book, On the Ashes. A lovely collection of uh, cricket writing on the subject of the great battle between England and Australia. We'll be chatting to Gideon Haig, journalist and author. So a man with a foot in both camps, an English parent and an Australian one. Depending who's winning. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, yeah, as we said, the Juiced Olympics, uh, we'll be discussing that with David Walsh. But before all of that. Uh, he to talk a bit of
3: football yeah. and and more. I've just geez. seen some pictures of him uh, from Glastonbury. Ah. Uh, well, I'm on a few of my friends' Instagram well, accounts. fresh. E- <laughs> if you need to see that, so I'm wondering how he's feeling. That's what I'm well, wondering. Let's about. find
2: out. It is a uh, comedian and host of the footballs on on, on BT. It is indeed uh, Ian Stone. Good afternoon, hey, Ian. Stoning.
6: Uh, is it afternoon?
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
5: so, I'm feeling
6: good. Ah. I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm having a few re-entry issues. Ah. ah. But I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I uh, I got a message. I was on the way back yesterday in my rather colourful shirt, and I got a message saying, "Can you get toilet rolls and dog food?"
3: Yeah, you know, oh, that yeah, uh, that's your rock and roll lifestyle. Back down to. But Elton
2: didn't get that on the yeah. way back from I David. Don't know. I don't he know, did, apparently, he did.
6: <laughs> Stick him in a helicopter. I'll yeah. bring him back.
2: So, um, yeah, because I'm sure people know that it's a it's a big comedy event. It's not all about uh, musicians, is it? So, are you a veteran? Do you, have you played there a lot, Ian?
6: I've done eight or nine, I think. It's difficult to tell. Some of them are a bit fuzzy in the memory, (laughs) uh, including the one just gone. But uh, yeah, I've been there quite a few times. I love it. It's standing in a field with Elton John. Not with Elton John. I I mean, you know, he wasn't next to me, but uh, it was very nice. And I had a great time and um, slightly sunburnt, but happy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. You often go with your your, your lads, don't you, uh, Ian?
6: I take I take one child each year, mm, and it, it sort mm. of depends how they treat me through the year, and I keep sort of a little league <laughs> yeah. table score. And I said, you are
3: doing Father's well now." Good Father's Day present. Yeah, <laughs> like being written but, out of the will, is it? If you don't get to go yeah, to yeah. to uh, <laughs> Glastonbury.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just very nice to share with your kids. It is. Yeah. Although I say kids, they're blokes. Um, you know w- what I mean.
2: What are they like as a, as a comedy audience, the people coming there Are they good? Are they sort of distracted? I mean, are, are they a good crowd, the Glastonbury crowd,
6: comedy-wise? Or? They're, uh, they're, uh, it, well, it depends when you get them, I, I think, yeah. is basically the way it goes. But they're pretty mm. chilled out. Everyone's having a nice time. So, uh, no, it's hard to upset them. I mean, I've tried, but it doesn't really
2: <laughs> <laughs> Now, one of the stories we've not got a chance to talk about, which we can with you because it's the sort of story that, you, that would come up on... The football's on, definitely, Mm. and with a lot of your guests, Palace fans, of course, Chloe Petz and Elliot Steele and Mark Steele. Mm. Um, Palace forward Wilfred Zaha and the rapper Stormzy have agreed a deal to buy non-league club AFC Croydon. Mm. They're both South London lads, and they've got together with uh, former Palace head of player care Danny Young to buy the club in the ninth-tier of English football. So what about that? What a fantastic little pet project for them. A kind of, I'm guessing, I'd say a budget uh, Rob and Ryan, but who knows? Maybe they might start to go the same way.
6: I think it's... I mean, they are local lads, aren't they? They've mm. got an affinity with, with the area, and uh, and why not? I mean, I know what you're saying about a budget Rob and Ryan. I imagine they're not spend, spending millions on it, but um, this, this game has a habit of grabbing you, doesn't yeah. it? And if they start watching them and something amazing happens and then uh, and then and you know Stormzy is just is a, is an icon isn't mm-hmm. he really let's be fair and and uh Oh, I think it could be amazing. I'm, I will keep an eye out. Is it Croydon FC? AFC
2: Croydon. AFC Croydon. Yeah, yeah. I'm AFC. Oh, I'll AFC. keep
6: an eye out for them. Of course, yeah. I will.
2: Well, you'll find the thing is, in terms of, as they're at Wrexham, it's it kind of self, you know, sort of fulfilling prophecy because you know you so, suddenly people are going to want to buy AFC Croydon shirts. Stormzy fans around yeah, the world. They, they grow the name. People come and watch AFC Croydon play. Big Stormzy fans. And they come to the matches. And, yeah. and Palace fans when the Palace are away. They'll go to the matches, yeah, won't they? You have like a Homesdale equivalent going on. So it, you could see it. You could see it starting to take off.
6: Yeah. And I think, look, there's so much money at the top end of, uh, of, uh, of English football. And it's nice to see some of it go down a bit further, isn't it?
2: Yeah. No, it's very true.
3: Now, uh, De- Declan Rice, Stoney, the yeah. way that oh, yeah. Arsenal are dealing with this transfer, for me, is very spursy. Every Spursy just going in <laughs> too low, too low, refusing to go any higher, and then they'll lose out on the player to someone else. And that's how I feel like it's going to happen.
6: Do you? I mean, I, I listen, I have no idea what is going to happen. All I heard is that Detlin Rice prefers London. But when I say I heard it, I read that on Twitter. <laughs> that's what I heard. And it's obviously, it's my hope. But, you know, uh, Mudrick wanted to come. To Arsenal, I believe. And mm. then he got caught up in some sort of geopolitical uh, something way above any of our pay grades. And he ended up at Chelsea. And I see every time he looks down at the Chelsea Bears, he's like, what isn't this a, a cannon? This is <laughs> wrong. And I and I hope the same thing doesn't happen. I look, I think, I mean, I think Declan Rice will get into the Manchester City team. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic if mm. we played for them. But uh, we've spent a long time trying to get this deal going. And I know they went in low, but that's what you do, isn't it? Hmm. You bid low and they bid high and they go high and then you meet in the middle. And I think people need to calm down a little bit, really. I'm still confident, I must say.
2: Okay. Um, um, what about Havertz? What have you made of that?
6: That was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. We're not getting him for his goals, are we? <laughs> but if he plays at number eight, uh, what I've, again, what I've read on Twitter is that they were, uh, Mikel Oteta is thinking about him as a, a replacement for Granit Xhaka, mm. a sort of uh, marauding, is that the word? I guess it is mm, marauding sort of midfielder who, who arrives in the box. And maybe he'll be happy. He doesn't like, maybe he's not so good with his back to goal. Um, uh, uh, perhaps maybe he wants to play a bit more on the front foot. Um, uh, listen, Mikel Arteta has done a very good job so far. So if he thinks that Kai, uh, Kai Havertz can do a job in whatever position he wants to put him in, I'm prepared to go with it for the moment. Give okay. it six games over. It's not working out. He, he can, uh, you know, off he goes.
2: And have you been <laughs> watching YouTube videos of Durian Timber? In, uh, I mean, the cry from the crowd will be, <laughs> oh, Timber! Really do you think, well, as great if great he
6: in, goes down, does, does goes he go down, down too
3: easily? Yeah. yeah, be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
6: I must be the first person to ever make that joke. Um uh, yeah. I, uh, not in the last four days. I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched it. It's not the talk of video.
3: Glastonbury,
2: no? <laughs> yeah. During the Queens of Stone Age yeah. set. Well, he missed after season it. last season with Dutch Elm disease. <laughs> so, so lovely, not, it's not strictly true. Not, <laughs> not strictly true. Um,
6: I, I, uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I've seen him play a few times, centre half, and uh, we need a bit of backup with centre half. I think last year showed us that. And uh, again, if Mikhail thinks he's the right man for the job, I'm prepared to give him some time.
2: Well, um we're going to ask you to stick around because uh, you're a, a Glastonbury comedian we class you very much as a celebrity mm. TV presenter comedian and we're going to play a game there which I can't believe Ooh. you've never played before. Uh, it's called Celebrity Combination Lock. Oh, please, not on Here my we go. My list. <laughs> Welcome to
1: Celebrity
3: Combination Lock with your hosts Paul Hawkesback. And lock keeper, Charlie Baker. Yes, good
2: afternoon. Yeah, it's a celebrity combination lock. We get a celebrity, we've got a combination lock, mm. we put the two together because we can't open the combination lock. It belongs yes. to our assistant producer. Yeah. His gym kit is still in the locker. Absolutely he stinks. then went out on the ale after the gym. Yeah. Now can't remember the four-number combination. <laughs> we need to unlock it. Um only can... one rule, uh, Stoney, which is don't knock the lock. That's what don't right, we knock, you. Paul? We do not knock the lock. Definitely not if we do knock not the lock. Easy to say that yeah that's right i mean i think we can get official confirmation yeah, of that now. Don't, yeah
3: what happens if we uh, knock the lock
5: the log has been reset
3: That's what happens well, if, if someone gets, knocks oh, the lock If it gets yeah, yeah, If it yeah, gets well, well, uh, yes, Knocked
2: but I'm, it I'm, I'm sure you're not that kind of lad You wouldn't knock the lock So let's just look at some of the people <laughs> who've played it uh, Actor And fellow Orient fans Julian Lloyd wherever sure, Yeah Danny got, Mays got be um, Any got reason
3: he came in the studio Julian Yes To play a uh, celebrity combination lock Another
2: Crystal Palace fan uh, Kevin Day has played it Jack Ooh, Whitehall's yes. played it Giles Reagan has played it Omid Lily. Uh, Michael Fenton Stevens, Chloe Pett, some of the names have played in this series. Never mind the, f- never mind the first series. So all we need from you is four numbers. Pretty straightforward. Mm. To open the combination lock, we can give you some guidance. The best performer so far in this series was Kevin Day, Palace supporting comedian Kevin Day. Um, he got two correct numbers, two of them in the correct place. So bear that in mind when I tell you his numbers were one four. Nine, seven. That's one, right. four, nine, seven. Mm. Two of those are right, and they're in the right place. It's a matter of you working out which yeah, one. Yeah. So, Ian, let's good have your four today. numbers. Good luck. In Celebrity
3: Combination. All right.
6: All right. I am going for one, eight, nine, five. One, eight, nine. Oh, sorry, no, I
3: don't say it. I don't like the computer says oh, no, yes, sir. What's happening? What's going on here? Two, yes, sir. Let's get the computer in. Yes, sir. So let's get the
2: computer Here we go. One.
3: eight.
2: Eight, yeah, yeah.
5: Nine. Oh. Five. Wow,
2: it's really... We had a real upgrade the computer. AI Here we voice. go, then. One. <laughs>
3: oh! So close, I think, though. It's not... I don't uh, know. That's the voice oh. of the cubicle. Well. Let's, find, so out, let's so find
2: out. Let's find out. out. Um, how many Ian got right? Three. Oh, wow. Three, Stoney. So close.
6: Oh.
5: How oh, many...
2: How many in the correct place?
5: Three.
3: Whoa! Wow.
2: Bang! That oh. is pretty impressive. amazing. Oh. That's yeah. it.
3: You only ever get to play the lock once, I'm afraid. Yeah. So, um <laughs> Okay. Here we
6: are. Oh, what a letdown. i was sure I got that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, that's place. pretty. That
2: bodes well for the season, Ian. Certainly for Arsenal. So, well, uh,
6: I, I was I, just, just a, short. A, a
1: glorious failure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just short just <laughs> again. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That
2: was how it all unfolded today. I'll be back with Andy tomorrow uh, on Ash, and basically Andy just watching the Ashes and swearing in the breaks. <laughs> That's what my life's like tomorrow. Um, and you'll be there, Charlie. I'll be there, and swearing
3: you're... in the breaks. Brilliant.
2: Thursday, you report back. Of course so I will. Blow by blow account. 30 pints being taken out by a copper. <laughs> be a snake.
1: Definitely tomorrow.
2: <laughs> so do hope you can join us, if not podcast available around four.
1: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.